everybody. Welcome to Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. And we are joined once again, um, friend of the podcast, Orion Moses, is coming back to um, be on the podcast with us again. How are you doing tonight, Orion? Good. Hello there. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and this is kind of sort of like a follow-up to the episode that you did with us last year, um, the top five B-movies uh, of the 80s, where we realized as we were getting ready to produce that episode that your number one pick for that list was something that was going to, we were have to spend a lot of time talking about uh, because of how well, you know, that uh, know the movie and this kind of acting uh, tonight's episode is going to focus specifically on that movie. So this is kind of going to be like a, a one movie episode where we're not doing a top five list and we're going to deep dive uh, 1988 movie iced um directed by Jeff Quitney and is written by Joseph Allen Johnson, uh, who's probably best known to a lot of horror fans for his role in the Slumber Party Massacre. The cast includes Lisa DeLiso, sorry, Deborah DeLiso, um, who also people might know as Trina from Slumber Party Massacre. It also stars Doug Stevenson as Corey, Ron Collegy as Carl, Elizabeth Gorsey as Diane, John C. Cook as John, Joseph Allen Johnson, the writer, as Alex Bourne, Dan Smith as Jeff Stinson, Michael Picardi as Eddie, and Lisa Loring of One Day Adams fame as Jeanette. Uh, this movie doesn't have a lot of critical reviews to it overall. Um, it will be, it's, it's something that was only released um, on VHS. It doesn't have a DVD or a Blu-ray, uh, something that hopefully at some point maybe it does get that kind of release but um you won't find a lot about it there's reviews from horror movie websites from like 80s aficionados and there's some reviews here on youtube here and there red letter media covered it um uh on an episode um in brief at one point but uh not a, not a lot out there um reviewing this or critically about it so orion this is uh, something that you discovered. So how did you go about finding out about this movie? So a while ago, I watched a documentary on YouTube. It was called Adjust Your Tracking and it featured a lot of collectors, a VHS, a lot of horror VHS collectors. And it showed the process of how they ended up getting their tapes, like from when all the video stores went out of business and all that. And they started, they talked a lot about the really bad B movies from the 80s and the B slashers and all that stuff from the 80s. And I was like, huh, that's like a, that's a genre that I never really explored before. Like I've seen all the good movies that I want to see probably. So I'm ready to get into some bad ones. And so I watched uh, Tales from the Quad Ed Zone from that, from that uh, documentary. And I loved it, even though, of course, the movie's probably not the best. I really enjoyed it. And I've seen that a lot. For some reason i kept going back to watching it and so i decided i was going to watch some 80s b movies and slashers and so i went to this i found a website and i think it was called the top 50 hokey movies from the 80s or something it was something like that and i haven't been able to find that website again but i watched a bunch of movies on there that i could find on youtube i watched um like uh, Neon Maniacs, Demons, Video Dead, they were all recommendations mm -hmm. from that site. And then I think it was, uh, I think I watched Neon Maniacs, and then on the right, 
there was a YouTube recommendation for me and it was iced this movie. It wasn't even a myth listed on that site. And it's the same one that we're going to watch here tonight. And uh, that's how I found it. And uh, yeah, watched it a few times since then. I say that. Yeah, and, and 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 I should say that I will put the YouTube link uh, in the description of the episode because uh, it is free on YouTube. Because after we kind of talk about it here for a bit, we are going to watch along with the uh, with the movie. So, um, so you you discover this movie, you watch it, and it seems like you become kind of like infatuated with it. Um, I'm going to reverse the questions I had for you. How many times do you think you've watched or listened to this? I've probably watched or listened to it around maybe like probably like 40 times. Okay. It might be like 50 times. Yeah. Um, why do you think you became so infatuated with like with this movie? When I watched this movie, um, as usually with movies like this, I'll, I'll notice the music right away. And the music for this movie, I think, is is top notch, and it's a movie that I can listen to in the background. But I know that YouTube do that as well. Put a movie on in the background. I can put this on. Nothing ever annoys me. No one's voices annoy me. People's reactions or laughter doesn't annoy me. And I would put it on in the background. I love the the setting, and I used to ski a lot, so the skiing stuff is pretty cool to me to see that in a movie. I don't really, I haven't seen a lot of ski type of movies except for like ones I don't like. Uh, so when I watched the movie, when I got to the end and she was about to reveal who Jeff, who the killer was, I was like, oh, maybe it's, maybe it's the real estate man. And it was. And uh, then they showed Jeff at the table in the bar. And I was like, oh, that's a big twist. And I actually like marked out to that twist. Like I didn't, I thought he was talking to himself like it's supposed mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. And then the snowman scene at the end made no sense to me. And I was like, huh. And so I would put it in the background like every now and then. And then I watched it again eventually. And I noticed like some weird things going on. It didn't make any sense. And that's pretty much everyone's response to this movie when they watch it. Is like, this makes no sense. And it's cool when you watch it again. You can see the, the real estate man in the background and the in the bar in the beginning bar scenes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a lot of things that make you start questioning this movie. Like the the real estate man is supposed to be the killer, but he has a fake leg. He jumps off the cabin. He's uh, raising <laughs> Diane up with one arm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the big thing that, that made me really, really interested in this movie, and Chris noticed this right away, but I didn't see this until like the fourth or fifth watch. It's when they're all in the cabin and there's the phone call scene. Mm -hmm. And everyone in the movie is in that scene and there's a call to the cabin. It's, this is Eddie, I'm here with Jeff now. And it's like, okay, who made that call? There couldn't have been anybody there. And then you start to think, well, maybe there is like a supernatural, maybe there is really a a ghost maybe there's a jeff ghost and then maybe there's a supernatural stuff so then you say huh which parts of this movie are supernatural and which ones are not and then you start thinking about whether parts of the movie are not even real or not and for me i started getting into this into this huge uh, loophole trying to figure this movie out and then you wake up at 3 a.m and you wonder like if if uh 
if Diane throwing the glass, the shot glass is the same throw as Jeff's throwing the shot glass in the hotel, and then you can't get back to sleep. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and that's a good segue into the fact that it's like, so when you told us about this movie and initially put it on your list, and, and, and Frank had watched it before that, I believe, right, Frank? Like I watched, Orion, Orion, had, Orion and I had talked about it. <clears throat> kind of just privately and he recommended it so i watched it based on his recommendation yeah and then it's like i had watched it back in like october of last year when we were initially making uh, ryan was making his list for the november episode and um i quickly because of orion's like questions about certain scenes and him kind of telling me um or unveiling some of the mysteries that he's like discovered like i started also like watching it kind of obsessively uh where i probably throughout like leading up to that podcast like i probably watched it at least like five times i think um during that time and <laughs> was like uh got like uh, so and then frank you've watched it a number of times correct how many of the times do you estimate all the way through probably seven or eight and then so I, I was saying this before we got on air but i'll put it on and i'll watch 30 40 minutes of it and then either i fall asleep or i go and do something else and then i'll come back and restart it and watch it again so i've definitely seen the start of this movie many more times than i've seen the movie all the way through <laughs> yeah and and as we've like talked about building up to this so yeah i've probably watched it at least like another five times or something like that like so i'm probably up to around close somewhere around 10 but it's like you're um it's very infectious like your your love of this movie and like your fascination <laughs> with this movie and the the questions you raise about the plot the narrative like you know the filmmaking of it and all those kind of things um i think we've like all been like kind of like sucked a little bit into your um in, in into this mystery of this movie of what's what's happening what's going on like why is this happening and um so I wanted to start with you, like you've developed kind of like a theory of what's going on in this movie for yourself. You brought up some of the things that are like questions that are being raised, but like, and, and we're going to go into detail as we watch the movie about this, but what is overall, like, what is your theory of what's going on here? My, um, <clears throat> my quick, quick as possible theory explanation is that I think that, I think that Jeff, Jeff dies, right? And I think that Jeff's ghost has been haunting the real estate man. And it was, his name's Alex Bourne, but I call him real estate man because I think it's funnier. Uh -huh. um, Jeff's ghost has been haunting the real estate man because it's real, real estate's man's fault that he died. And we're going to talk about that in a second. And uh, the only way that real estate man can get rid of Jeff's ghost haunting him is if he gets revenge for, for Jeff for uh, all the people that were bullying him, everything like that. Mm. Like, he's going to release his spirit, kind of like when you, in all those ghost movies, and you do something for the for the ghost that, like, gets uh, redeemed or whatever. Okay, so, so, so the idea is Jeff is kind of, like, actively, like, haunting Alex in yeah. order to get him to avenge his spirit or whatever by killing all the people that were involved in yeah. his humiliation yeah. or, you know, bullying and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, 
and then Frank, you've developed an alternate theory, correct? Yeah. So over the repeated watchings of this movie and like knowing that Orion thought there was more to it than just, you know, being a straightforward slasher. My theory is that the only parts of this movie that are actually happening are up to the point where Jeff is climbing, like scrambling up the snow hill um, and jumping to his death where he like lands on the rocks. I think everything else is Jeff basically having this sort of twisted revenge fantasy right before he dies, basically. So everything that happens and the reason there's so many inconsistencies with <clears throat> time and chronology and things that you, you see in the movie that you probably shouldn't be able to see just based on like the boundaries of like reality and time and space um, are all in Jeff's head where he's creating this fantasy where um, Alex Bourne, and I think his last name is Bourne because it's born out of Jeff's like jealousy and rage, <laughs> kind of. Okay. And he is the only character with a last name, I think, right? Right. So he's created this this one guy where everyone else is mocking him and belittling him, and oh, you know, you're the guy that skied the Alps, ha ha ha, and the girls rejected him. So he's got like all these sick fantasies that are happening based on like this like self-loathing and just like anger towards these people so he creates this person that's inferior to him in every way and idolizes him and would be willing to kill for him whereas no one else is willing to do anything for him and that's why at the end like with the snowman thing it's just such like a ridiculously surreal thing because it's not based in reality at all it's jeff just like fantasizing all these things and so i mean we'll we'll talk about these scenes more in depth when they come up but like for instance with the sex scene that happens pretty early on in the movie it's so gratuitous because that's what jeff is imagining in his head is happening when he storms out of the room like it's not like that's actually there it's that jeff is, is so crazy that he's imagining those things and right he's there's having a, sex with her in every possible right. position like yeah <laughs> and there's there's a couple of really specific things especially early on that when yeah. um the way that the way that it's it's framed and shot where i think it's a clear indicator that um it's all in jeff's head and so when those things happen i'll i'll point them out okay um yeah i'm assuming as we watch along with this there's going to be like you know uh, and i know orion you have tons of notes uh, so, to fill this time uh, but it, there's probably gonna be swaths of time where like there's not anything that ties into probably either theory um i would think but um i i do want to just so i'm assuming frank it sounds like a lot of the beginning to you is important to so i i think all of it is important to kind of support my theory but i think the real like what really made me form that theory is within the first 17 to 20 minutes of the movie mm -hmm. roughly like that all those things happen right um and orion like what are some pivotal scenes that we need to like if we're talking about other things just shut up and like pay attention so that <laughs> you can like <laughs> point them out like um there's gonna be a couple scenes I'm going to ask you a question to a question in a second. Okay. But there's going to be two there's going to be two scenes where you see Jeff actively haunting real estate man and one is you see his reflection in the mirror in the bathroom. Right. And before that you see a scene where in the uh, amazing secretary scene where you see 
Jeff showing real estate man something, showing him showing him his death, which he's probably shown him over the last four years, like a hundred times, like showing him his death and real estate man discovering him from, from a perspective that he can't would not have seen. And uh, mm. I think that Jeff has pro probably just been feeding him all kinds of images like that over like mm. the last like years and stuff. So you're gonna see those things. And there's a lot of there's a lot of downtime in this movie when I watched it a couple of days ago. So we'll probably be able to talk about stuff then as well. But I have a yeah. I have a question I'm gonna ask you guys. Yeah. So I sent you to this message like a few months ago and I said you don't have to answer it now. I just want to talk about it. So when Jeff is in Jeff is in the bar talking to a real estate man behind the pillar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he says, these dudes are making fun of me. I'm questioning my uh, integrity as a skier. He said, what should, what can I do? What do you think real estate man told him that he can do? I don't think he told him anything. I think that's Jeff going crazy. I think he's talking to himself. Hmm. I think the real estate man, right now, I think the real estate man really is a real estate man and he really is a good skier in this movie and well at least then and so i think i think real estate man was like he's like you make it they make it funny because uh he said you can't see the outs well the, the conditions are going to be terrible tonight you gotta you're gonna win over the girl you're gonna make all you're gonna get all their friendship back you gotta go and ski the ski the alps brother so he and um yeah so you think um you think Alex then is like maybe most responsible? That's the reason why Jeff's haunting like the, the 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 direct impetus like to like Jeff going out like at night and trying to like ski. Yeah. Okay, yes. so because that's why he's being haunted. Him. Yep. And the one that needs to take revenge. Yep. We're okay. gonna and as we watch it, we're gonna we're gonna see those scenes play out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a couple comments. Okay. All right. Anything that we need to get out there before we watch this movie? I think it's that no. Really I just have a really quick thing, Ryan, while yeah. you're reviewing your notes. I think that no matter what theory you take with the movie, and even if you just really take everything at face value as like happening as it is, I think it's a really fun movie to watch. Um, I think there's some really funny lines of dialogue and some kind of over-the-top performances um and really this i've genuinely come to enjoy and appreciate this movie over the past whatever it's been now five or six months um since i saw it for the first time so i definitely appreciate orion introducing me to it and um i'm actually also a, a pretty big fan of um the director's uh other big like b horror movie which is beyond the door three um which is the third part of a non-related trilogy of movies that just use the same name. Um, but completely crazy, like, I don't know, satanic, not possession, but like pagan ritual sacrifice movie in Eastern Europe. But it's, it's a ridiculous movie, but it's really good and really enjoyable. So if you've never seen Beyond the Door 3, you should definitely check it out. Yeah, and the, I would agree. I mean, I we we talked back in November a little bit more in depth um, about how I can at times have trouble with movies with lower budgets at times um, um, and some quality control issues. But I generally enjoy watching this movie. Um, sometimes it's like I, um, 
you know, I, I, I agree. I think there's some, I think there's some really like funny dialogue. And I think there's some really unintentionally funny dialogue. I think that there's like, yeah. you know, scenes that are, um, uh, that are really well done. Um, I think that there's some editing that like, I think creates a lot of some of the questions that you're asking, um, about the movie at times. So I think that, like there's some editing room stuff that like leads into some of this, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a movie that like, again, I wouldn't watch something 10 times if there wasn't some element of me to enjoying it. I couldn't do that. Like I, I couldn't put myself through that. I don't think of watching something that I disliked. So, um, yeah, I generally enjoy watching this movie and throwing it on the background, um, you know, while I'm doing other stuff and paying attention to it. Yeah, in the same way. I feel the same way as you guys, of course. And I uh I don't I don't think I've thought of like this movie is like sucked me in. I don't think I've really thought about a movie in depth as much as this, like maybe ever. Except for maybe a couple of examples that can maybe think of, but probably this is the one I've I've given the most thought as to try to even create my own backstory for. <laughs> like maybe maybe I mean Jeff's crazy, maybe in the past he did like some kind of some kind of crazy cult worshiping thing and like could like figured out that he can make his body a ghost when he dies or some crazy stuff like they showed one little clip of like jeff doing some kind of crazy pagan rituals or something that would have like made people have a better appreciation of the movie or something this doesn't get a good rap online or out there but you give this movie a chance and try to soak in the mysteries it's gonna change your life yeah and i've done the critical research and it does have like a lot of like um appreciation among i think like 80s like horror aficionados um mm. for like how it's like can't be fun but you have to dig into the blogs and stuff for those kind of opinions um obviously like and i think there's a lot of that like among just people leaving comments on um rotten tomatoes or letterbox and stuff like that too you can see a lot of those people that like really like kind of appreciate the movie for being fun but yeah critically there's not a lot out there um overall on it so um somewhat fresh ground um <clears throat> We're covering here with this all right anything else before we go ahead and get started on watching this movie i'm ready to watch the masterpiece <laughs> all right you ready frank i'm ready all right so we'll go ahead and do a countdown for everybody um that might want to watch along with us so i'm going to count down from five um when i hit one we'll hit play on one so five four three two one so for me, this opening thing is one of the one of the images that I think supports my theory, because this is Jeff over the title screen, and he's lifting his arms up to kind of look like wings. So I think that's representative of him like going into the light and like it's like his final moments before he does his like dive off and like whatever. Mm -hmm. um, because immediately after this, it goes into the um, the scene with the skiers going down with like the candles in their hands um which is this kind of like idyllic scene to start the movie um so i think that again i think the first part of this movie is based in reality and then i think we just go into like a fantasy but hmm. i definitely think that it's meant to look like an angel here like standing in the light with the way that he has the skis up in the air they do that backlighting later on too with right before the ski race where there's that like odd lighting from the background i guess it's supposed to signify lighting from the resort maybe is where that light's coming from 
You mean when they're racing and there's like a blue light in the background? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. I mean, a lot of that too is that this is filmed on, you know, on location in a lot of ways. And so they, they have portable lights outside just to illuminate. But that's actually interesting to think of it from that perspective. Like, yeah, but there's something the different about the lighting later and the lighting there. Like, you're right. It's not the same type of lighting. Yeah, like, to me, that's more of, like, um, the traditional horror movie, like, angelic or, like, ghostly, like, otherworldly light. So here we have... In the background? Yeah. Do you think that signifies something? Yep. That right there. (laughs) I think Corey's voice is amazing, by the way. No homo. It's and you know what? Corey says a lot of like Corey says a lot of really weird like names and stuff. Like I'm gonna point him out when he says them. That's so funny. (laughs) So all these people here are kind of I mean, obviously these are like more like college age versions of the characters we're gonna see throughout the movie. Um but I think there's a lot of like symbolism sort of in the way that they have them like dressed and stuff and also that leads into how they are dispatched later in the film the backwards hat kills me yeah it's hilarious (laughs) eddie's the i love eddie i wish that he didn't get killed right away i wish it was somebody else like john or something because eddie's like probably the best character that died (laughs) is it that mustache does that we get you (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's that whole car scene yeah I love Eddie too. I love all these characters. I forgot to say that at the beginning, but I uh I don't hate anybody and um Carl is my favorite, the coke guy. So here here's what I mean about that light. You can see that lighting coming from the background again. Hmm. And I don't know if that's just a practical thing to like make sure that they're like lit or if that's like I mean it's definitely backlit at that point and i wonder if the fog is blown in just to better like reflect the light off of so you can see them better just from a technical standpoint so here's jeff already being an asshole by trying to cheat Uh uh-huh to get a competitive edge yeah yep uh this music is so great yeah it's really good music yeah intro to to the episode by the way is this music yeah oh my god can't wait yeah so i'm convinced real estate man alex born really is an olympic well not olympic but world class skier yeah these two not as much (laughs) i really don't understand i mean i i get the dramatic tension i don't understand why they're so close to each other (laughs) well because Corey has used his superior skills to catch up with jeff and now Jeff, in a moment of panic, thinking he's going to lose the girl, is trying to use um, his body to throw Corey off and kind of, like, make him wreck. Yeah. He was sort of trying to force him into that tree line and stuff since they're in this dangerous part of the the ski trail. Impressive camera work here, yeah. too, with the fact that you know that somebody had to be kind of skiing down. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sort of like Evil Dead style. To get That's that, exactly uh, what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I know I'd shots be, from the front, like shooting backwards, like that would be really hard to do. Yeah, I'd be really interested to know, like how they 
manage that. Yeah, there's a lot of shots in this movie that are really cool to me. I want to point them out when they come up. But uh, yeah, a lot of really cool ways that they shoot things. <laughs> Dick. Yeah, see, so Jeff trying to wreck him. This is, I, I think this is hilarious here. The ski him using, throw? Yeah, the, the ski, this pole throw is a javelin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got to be a child, and then he just like is just laughs him off. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he feels sorry for him. Everyone knows yeah. he's nuts. Well, because Corey is like actually a decent human being. It's just like, hey, like, you know, are you all right? So all these things are actually occurring, like the stuff in the lodge slash bar. With my There's... man, Jeff. Yeah. There's so much I mean, my too. man, um, Alex. So it says in the background, it says Happy New Year's. So I'm not sure if this is New Year's Day or if it's like after or a little before. Not really sure. Do you think the red is just the contrast to blue? Yeah, it's to make him seem like fiery and passionate and because I heard reds all over this bar. There's a lot of red shirts. Red shirts, red these, sweaters, red lighting. Like all these friends, all these people seem like like the best group of friends ever. I think it's to make him isolated. Right, yeah, I think true. that's true. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's look at that shot right there. That's the best shot of the whole bar. <laughs> Let's not those glasses. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> and they're such such assholes, this guy. I feel really bad for Jeff in a lot of ways. See, I'm the complete opposite. I think that they're still trying to kind of like they're razzing him because he's egotistical, but they're still yeah. trying to like include him and let him know that you know you're part of the group and he just He's just so, yeah, right. So hurt, and I, I, mean, I think Eddie was like to some degree, like just yeah, just kind of like razzing him and like trying to be friendly and call him over, and and they made fun of him. Right? Yeah. Hey, look at Jeff back there. See Jeff's hair. Yeah, his red shirt. He really was there, man. Yeah, and then Eddie, Eddie's coming in, and they're all staring at him like, oh, Mister Askeviops. I listen to this dialogue. See, I don't think, I know that you think that Jeff is, or that um, Alex is there, but I think he's just talking to himself. We saw him in the background there. I don't think, shot. I think that, I think that you're meant to think that's him, but I, don't, I still think that Jeff is talking to himself here. I mean, the lighting there is very bizarre, like to the point where you have that shadow of that moose, like the lighting that is moose, completely different. shadow is awesome. It is, but it's like completely different from the rest of the bar. In terms of lighting. Smoke, all the smoke coming yeah. up. From, yeah. uh-huh. And Jeff isn't like actually focused on the person across from him. He's looking like to his right, to his left, down. And you know Jeff's not a drinker either. And he's sitting there drinking. Like Jeff's right there, man. I'm telling you. I'm gonna take a screenshot after the movie. You mean Alex? Yeah, I keep saying Jeff. I mean uh-huh. Alex. Damn. 
So this is still real too. This part here. That's a terrible feeling too. Like he's sitting there, he's got his vodka. He's imagining them like what's going on now. He's going to go confront them. So when he closes his eyes there. <laughs> you fuckers. <laughs> my my theory is about to come into play here in a second. Pal. There's a hot term coming up here in a minute. Shit wagon. <laughs> it's funny that she handles Jeff so so easily. Yeah, we see her working out later, so man. All right. Watch, so watch the throw right here. You're gonna see that later. So So this You think he's this. gonna go back and get some revenge, but he's thinking about what uh what real estate man told him in the bar. And he's like, She hates me, he hates me, everyone hates me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking go ski the Alps, brother. So right now it's focused on his head. This is everything else up to the after this point. And leading up to his death is all like in his mind. He's imagining like everything. Where does he die then? He dies when he when he jumps off the cliff, but that's what leads him to um climb up the like the snowy incline before he like leaps off. And real estate man told him, make sure some of the people see you go up there so you can you can back up your claim. So <laughs> he's like, Oh cool, Eddie saw me. I'm fucking good to go. And steal, steal the skis. Yeah, steal the skis. He wouldn't even fit into them, probably. See, I don't feel sorry for Jeff at all. Like, I think he's—I understand <laughs> yeah. he's drunk here, but it's like I think he's like a incel who thinks he like owns this girl because they came up together. They came up together or whatever. And we find yeah, out this... later, like about that story, if that's real or not. But so this <laughs> is in Jeff's head right here, like this scene right. of oh, them part, yeah. canoodling. Like he's thinking about this when he's climbing up the hill. Getting ready to commit suicide. Right. Yeah, because other... I mean, I, I can see where you think that, because otherwise, it's a really, to me, it's a really odd juxtaposition, to some degree, um, of shots. <laughs> like, you like see his, his struggle, and he's dejected, and... Like, it's just so gratuitous that, that it's... It's like that killer song, the um, Mr. Brightside or whatever. <laughs> like that this is what he's imagining right it's making him sick but it's what leads to him like you know taking his own life I mean, he only has one fucking ski pole for christ's sake like, <laughs> so you think he really did uh commit suicide yeah and then i think that it's like as he because he's obviously not dead so he's about to jump off of here and he's gonna land on rocks or a, a whatever it is like a broken stump or something i can never tell yeah, I think it's like some... look at look at the close up there. It is kind of like he's imagining this, right. this might not actually be happening. Whether it's and now fake or and not, now they're but... going to slowly pull in on his head, like as this is happening, right? Which I think is further like illustrating right. that it's in his mind because it's going into like that tight shot on his head. Yeah, whether the whole thing's a fantasy or not, I think this is definitely his imagination of what's happening and why he's why he's doing this. 
regardless. I think it's a fantasy. I don't think so. I think it's happening. And he... That's he's he's so just funny. walking now he always because makes me laugh. He has two, he has, but he has two ski poles now, and he only took one ski pole with him. So again, like illustrating that the reality of him climbing up to that point is not at all, all the reality of like what occurs, like what's happening right here. Well, how did he get two ski poles? If, because he's um, imagining this happening. He does he, he scheme with two poles? Yeah, because he just jumps off and kills himself. How did you know these rocks were going to be there? I think because he climbed up that hill and like saw him. He jumped on him on purpose. Yeah. So he's still he's still alive here, and the mask is cracked. And so now, as it's pulling away, this is him. Like everything from this point on is in his imagination as he lies lays there like dying. So it's not an active suicide attempt. He's like drunk. It's, I mean, he doesn't know. He's, he's dr- right. So it's accidental. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's I think that's debatable, but whatever it is, like he fell and like committed like a grievous injury on himself, and now he's imagining these things. So is the idea that his chest got caved in? Is that what happened? Yeah, he iced okay. himself, man. Punctured lung, punctured lung, something like oh, yeah, that. Okay. He iced himself. He did ice himself. Now he's gonna go ice these motherfuckers as revenge. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I I like that uh, perspective, but I think that he went up there to see the Alps, and he just he was drunk and he messed up and he I because I never got the impression that he committed suicide. I thought it was an accident. I think it's hilarious that their last name is MacGyver. Yeah. Oh, Alex really laying it on thick with that thing, right? Comparable to the Swiss Alps. That's on purpose, man, because Jeff's goose telling him to put it in there. Put it in there. <laughs> so, so we were talking offline about where this takes place. I'm pretty sure this is the Rockies here. So I would you think like see, maybe like Colorado. You'll see a sign that go by, and it looks like it might say Colorado, but I can't. We're watching this uh, really bad rendition on YouTube, so I can't really make it out. So if anyone that can affect change is listening, like let's get a nice Blu-ray version of, of Iced. Yes. <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome got, in particular. Um, like that's what I want to see put it out. Like Chris said this and you got a VHS release. And uh the VHS is between a hundred or hundred and fifty thousand or hundred fifty thousand. Hundred or hundred and fifty dollars. Oh. And two hundred fifty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty eight is six hundred twenty nine thousand dollars today. <laughs> Nice. That's some that's some good research. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So Jeff's been haunting in the last four years, and and uh, yeah, put that little line about the Alps in there. Huh. So here's my question, then, Orion. Is this did this guy completely relocate somewhere else away from where Jeff's death took place? Yeah. Because Jeanette there acts like she's never been up here before, even though this Jeanette is a different this there. is a different resort. Yeah, this isn't the same one they went to. I think that Jeff's goose goes wherever um real estate man goes. Alex Bourne goes. Yeah. I still think it's I mean, I know that their last name is MacGyver, but I still think it's really <laughs> telling that Alex Bourne is, you know, the guy that gets the last name in the in the credits. Yeah. 
I also wondered, I know that it's not exactly the same. No, no, I don't know. Let me think about that a little more. <laughs> it's funny that some of this is like against this clear blue sky and some of it is clearly against like an overcast, like snowy sky. Yeah. I'm curious, like if they had to film multiple takes of this or maybe um, the interior like car shots were shot on maybe a different area or a different day when they got the establishing shots. I, I wonder. Think it was filmed over a few days or something. That's it. Says Colorado something. Yeah, it definitely says Colorado on that uh, snow peak sign. I think I somehow got like a couple seconds ahead of me. You gotta, yeah. Oh, uh, here we go, my man. Oh yeah. So is this a real song? Just like the bar song, or either of these real songs? You recognize them? I do not. I I gotta turn it up. I don't recognize it now. And then there's the start the song at the bar that's amazing. And I don't think that's a real song either. But I like that song too. I'll have that in my head like all day. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it should be a real song, but Yeah. I I appreciate that Jeff or that Eddie is actually driving that car. Look at the cutout of the snow is already there where he wrecks here in a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shot of the cigarette is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like in, <laughs> insulted injury. Like, not only did he wreck his car, but he lost his smoke. Drop the cigarette <laughs> in the car is always the worst. Yeah, now he's going to get a little burn hole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Eddie and his members only jacket and friggin' like sub zero weather. <laughs> I might have to buy ice on VHS. There's some <laughs> There's an amazing um camera shot coming up here with him looking and the you see the bulldozer yeah. coming at him in the glasses. Uh-huh. I think it's funny that all this stuff paints Eddie as just like this perennial loser. Kind of like drops his cigarette, wearing like fucking inappropriate clothes for the weather. I love the interior glasses shot too, like the snow glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's unique. Yeah. I also think, I think Jack, Jeff is like, he gives real estate man supernatural powers or takes over his body at certain times, something like that. Like how does... So I believe this is real estate, man. There's some shit but, that he does later that doesn't make any sense. You're exactly right, Ryan. Right. Like yeah, the ability to teleport. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> well, there's there. Yeah, there's definitely stuff like that coming up. Which is, again, yeah. why. So. Creepy man in the window. So where do you think the, the microphone is here for these for them down there? Uh, maybe in the so I was gonna ask this question. I'm wondering because they definitely are filming in in the interior of that Jeep like while they're driving. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it was just a little like handheld mic with a tape recorder, like a um like a professional almost like interview mic, but still just like a mic inside. Mm. And maybe one of them because you definitely hear the crunch of the snow and, and like the shuffle of the clothes. 
I'm wondering if one of them isn't like mic'd with um like a remote mic of some kind. Because like this sounds like a boom mic here because it's like directed, but there's definitely like the ambient noise and a lot of other scenes, um, which is pretty inventive filmmaking, honestly, to like capture that sound in real time instead of doing like an overdub, yeah. which is what it sounds like. So cozy. Trina's never associated with red, is she? So I have a theory for that too, but mm. we'll get to that. <laughs> It's hot CRT back there. It is a hot CRT. So I, have a, I think that Carl used to date Jeanette. I think, I think Carl secretly has slept with all these women before. Because every time he meets them, he hugs them and he gives them like a pelvic yeah, like thrust. He, well, I think Carl is fucking creep, but I mean, right. um, he's just yeah. a cretin and, and a rapist. I mean, or attempted rapist. And so rapist. again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna insert my theory is to like oh yeah him and his little tiny ponytail i'm gonna insert like some of my um some of my theory into like how i why i feel this is all in jeff's mind i think the only person that he can forgive is he dirty dog um trina right is the blonde Mm -hmm. i think that's the only person he can forgive which is why she's the only one dressed in any kind of cool colors and why ultimately like she's the one at the end of the movie that kind of even in like his his twisted mind he's unable to like assault or kill or you know like really do anything too because he's still in love with her and he can't bring himself to like think of her in a way any any other way than like the woman that he loves like she's like a harlot because she's always dressed in like red and she's naked and you know this guy with his myriad of issues. What's his name? Ponytail? Is that Carl? That's Carl. Corey yeah. is the blonde guy. Yeah. Right. Corey is Trina's. Yeah. Trina's husband, future husband, or no, current husband, the MacGyvers. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> MacGyvers. <laughs> the music's amazing. All the little yeah. music things are amazing. Yeah, it really is a good score. But see, look at all of them. Like, angry aggressive colors except for trina who's like calm and blue because that's like his one thing that he's got is that love for her even though he's like right now dying i actually really like the framing of this a lot (laughs) and look at Jeanette has this like giant phallic hot dog oh absolutely (laughs) to him like she's or Uh carrot stick i don't even know what the hell it is it's carrot stick i think um she's definitely like a whore to jeff i think yeah, he he has this bad opinion of her. Oh, there's red. Okay. Yeah. She's working out, so like that's like an eighties thing, right? To like let you know that the woman can take on the bad guy or something. She's just fit. So what I mean, does Jeff think about that? Still, 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 a weird place to be doing this. <laughs> So why does Jeff imagine that she's lifting weights? I think because he thinks of her as the perfect woman. So she's always trying to keep herself <laughs> in shape. She's always concerned about, you know. I wonder if the Rockadiles are the ones that the band that did these songs in this movie. That would be awesome if that was true. Hmm. 
that's something I feel like I should have looked up. And I sold that shirt too before, of course, I didn't, but I didn't really think anything about it to look it up. Also signifies all the people that um I think that Jeff is going to eventually assault because doesn't the doctor and the wife come up in like some kind of like red clothing too? Isn't he wearing like a red check like plaid jacket or something? Um, I can't. I can't I remember. remember. But we're about to find out because that scene's in like yeah forty five <laughs> seconds. It's crazy that I so I had no idea this was Wednesday Adams. Yeah. Um until like ten minutes before we started the podcast. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's so a hundred percent like Wednesday when you look at her. Uh-huh. That nose. Yeah, like particularly is I think very. Yeah, like those downcast eyes. I wonder yeah. if they even like I wonder if the eye makeup is even on purpose just to kind of like give her that sort of um Dude, the baby doc on board is one of my favorite things in this entire movie. so i don't know what color that is but i guess it's not very red no i guess it's beige beige you don't even know what red is the vehicle is right yeah red car truck whatever Is it like a Cabbage Patch Kid or something? Like in the... Hanging from the, hanging from the window? Like mini, mini, didn't they make those? Like mini Cabbage Patch? It does have a Cabbage Patch look to it. Yeah. You know, what this, you know what's crazy to think about? Is there's probably, when they do a DVD release, there's going to be widescreen ice. And I think it's going to uh-huh. be the best thing ever. Medically detached. I know. My That's favorite line. Great, favorite, great, great fucking line. Favorite line in the entire thing. <laughs> I think it's a Dr. Teddy Bear, Chris. Okay. I think it's a teddy bear wearing like a cap. I'm sure on. it's like supposed to like... Because I think all that... I mean, obviously all that's just to make fun of him to some degree. So here's another thing, too, I want to point out about this scene, kind of. Is it that it's homoerotic? Yeah. Okay. That, that, that Honestly, that is part of it. Is Again, I yeah. think that lends credence to Jeff imagining these people like at their absolute worst because he's so disgusted with them but later on when the killer like plants the bear traps in the snow they're just in the snow but like they he's the one that gets caught by him right carl or whatever carl on the left yeah uh-huh. yeah like how like there's no way he lures them specifically into that I don't know. There's just so many things that are like physically impossible or we're like coincidental. Talk, we're gonna talk about that. That's, that's Jeff's ghost doing that man. This guy to me is like proto Brendan Fraser. Carl. <laughs> I can see that. Do you think there's any significance to that? Uh give him a loan or anything yeah it's it's jeff imagining that this guy's like really the schlub who gotta borrow money from people and you know doesn't deserve to be with trina 
panting and sweating in the snow with fucking poor man's J.R. Ewing. I'm trying to think of what my favorite line in the movie is. I think to me, it's, it's, um, it's... I know what it is. What's yours? Mine is, you fuckers! <laughs> and then shitwagon. Like, that whole exchange between the two of them is pretty amazing. <laughs> it's the way Mine that Jeff is, says fuckers. Is, is My favorite line is, uh, he's dead. You invited a dead man. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that is good. That's my favorite. That's my favorite scene in the movie is them in the um, in the cabin talking about that stuff. I think this right here really is Jeff's ghost hanging out in the woods because they can't even they didn't notice him and he's got bright blue on. So this is again why I think that it it's him. Imagine, because see now he's got his one. Here's the pole. important scene here. This is uh. It's it's an odd scene. Yeah, I do want to like listen to this again. And it's possible the scene's not real, but I think that it might it probably is. But here's where Jeff's is going to show him a little thing that he could have never. Well, that seen. was Alex in the picture, right? With the it blue is, associated yeah, with the Alex. blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is the greatest acting performance in history of movies. <laughs> Take the checks to the bag. Take the checks to the bag is fantastic. Get that bright blue uh, blouse thingy. Yeah. Sweater thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's a hint that, like, the blue is a hint that Alex is the killer. Like, that's why there's so much blue associated with it, just from a narrative standpoint. Like, Yeah, and he's going to wear a blue scarf coming in to meet them tonight. There's a possibility that scene back there is not real. And maybe that's like, that's a, some kind of symbolism scene of like Jeff, Jeff's ghost, him talking to Jeff's ghost or something. Mm. Mm. Frank, I don't see him wearing any red, buddy. Yeah, you're right. But I think he puts on. Uh, yeah, he changes. Oh, at the end. I think when yeah. he's leaving, he has red on. Yeah. Yeah. He was also less he, aggressively antagonistic towards Jeff. Right. He, but, he, than, but he did have a red hat on the beginning, too. Yeah. And he was um, obviously driving that red Jeep, like we pointed out.
I, I need you guys to figure out the dream sequence for me. The Eddie dream sequence? No, the um, the Carl Cook dream sequence for season. Oh, that's what I mean. The there. Carl, yeah, the Carl dream sequence. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that because I can't figure it out. <laughs> A lot of blue in there. Yeah. He's always buttoning that coat. <laughs> well, he's standing. I don't know why there's menacing music when he turns the answer machine on. I think maybe he's setting up his alibi there. I mean, if I, I don't remember. It's interesting. The menacing music with the answer machine. Hmm. Setting up his alibi for what? So if you take it as a straightforward slasher movie and Alex is the killer, mm -hmm. like for all the murders, which doesn't make any sense. But anyway, he's putting an answering machine message on that'll place him somewhere else. So when he's up there killing those people, if somebody calls him, it'll, you know, like reinforce some alibi that he was somewhere else, like murdering people. Is there anything that you could have done in the 80s with an answer machine? This is a legitimate question. There's nothing you could do, like, with a recording that would, like, call people or anything like that. It still wouldn't make any sense narratively, but there's no way you could, nothing like... I know of. Yeah. You trying to make sense of the cabin call? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, one, it's, the, it's, the, it's the one thing that, like, I, I think I can write off everything and make this just a normal slasher movie except for that one thing. Because the cabin call, the only people left that could make it well, and the secretary and, and real estate man's dad. But they... But Jeanette recognized it as Eddie's voice because she said she was sure it was him. And so yeah, that's kind of the end of all I can think of for that one. This is uh, just letting him know he's coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, Frank, you think... Um, Early eBay bid. <clears throat> yeah. You think Jack really went to Harvard? Or he made that up on the newspaper? That's the thing. Is like, did he ever really ski the Alps? Like, is any of that stuff true? You know what I mean? He didn't ski the Alps. He was in the... Um, so, like, this, clinic, again... This, this, this is impossible. This right, is just out here. That's why... It's impossible for it to be the real estate guy because there's no way that he got up there in that amount of time to put on all this shit and whatever. That's right. Exactly. So, again, that's why I think that it's Jeff in his mind, like in his dying moments, you know, with his cracked glasses and everything, like imagining all this shit. That's Jeff's ghost, man. Don't get him. How much time do you think elapsed, like, I mean, between all that stuff, like when he that. left? Yeah, see, now he's got the... Yeah. How much time what, Chris? How much time elapsed, like, for Alex to be... I mean, Alex ain't that far away right now, like, from where they're at. Like, how much time do you think elapsed that he couldn't go throw on... No, but, but no, but see, you're forgetting that that being was already in the woods watching um, Carl and Corey, like, tumble in the snow. Mm, 
while he was still supposedly at the office. Yeah, while Alex is at the office talking to his secretary and un- unbuttoning and buttoning in his chat. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> Baby Doc on board. <laughs> Baby Doc gonna get get death later. Yeah, see, so look, cause she's pure white. Yeah. Like the only one that gets to wear white. Like even the lady, um whatever, the one that's the wife of the doctor, I can't remember her name. Um, she's all in black and everything because she was Jeff's friend, but she sort of turned her back on him. Mm-hmm. And now it's dark. Fucking OJ so, is such a beat drink. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> For an adult, anyway. Let's talk about this. Let's watch this dream sequence, and then I'm going to write down what I was going to say, because I just realized something. That Carl has the worst ponytail of all time. <laughs> or the best. No, about that, that timeline I just heard. You know who Carl reminds me of all the time? Um, Mike Rotunda. Yeah, see, he, like if if his face were a little, he actually reminds me of um. Oh damn it! Um, I guess what else? Look, Trina working out it, working out again. Taking so care she of herself. She gets, she's <laughs> take, you're gonna take out Jeff at the end, man. What is that guy's name? Reminds me a little bit of Ted Raimi. That's what I'm thinking of, Carl. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a really good comp, especially hey. now that he's naked doing coke <laughs> in the bathroom. Where does where does Carl fall asleep at? Uh, he's already asleep. He's asleep right now. So when did he go to sleep? Um, after he pulled the gun out of his bag. That hasn't happened yet. She she's using the rolling pin. Yeah, no, he he oh, takes yeah, he the gun out him. right out of his they suitcase. Pulls- and then he pulled all his drugs out. So you think he fell asleep right. right there? Yeah, I think he passed out there. I think he's having... I, I think him being naked for no reason is illustrating that that's like a dream sequence of some kind because that's a um, uh, typical thing to happen in like a bad dream that you end up like naked somewhere, you know. But he said he was going to take a shower and then crash and then go eat. So I think he took his clothes off so he was going to take a shower. So you think the dream sequence happens after the the shower and, and coke? The coke? Yeah, I'm not really. I don't. I can't. I, I can't figure it out. So here's a boom up in the. I'm gonna, there, I'm gonna right? pay attention to it. So when you're watching it, it seems like a single thing, but then he hears a boom and he goes up there and sees himself dead. In the bed. Right, this is all a dream. Him ascending the stairs, and again, they have that light. That that light like again, the, yeah, it's the light behind the heavenly light or whatever. Yeah, it's the light. <laughs> it's the light behind Jeff, like and 
And I think that he hates, I think Jeff Carl, I think Jeff hates Carl almost as much as Corey because Jeff is a serious guy that's a Harvard like grad and a man who skied the Alps and Carl is this like goofy, you know, grabbing up on women and always trying to like sexually assault people. <laughs> it's such a strange scene. Uh, Carl's the best. Putting on this tiny little robe. Yeah. Yeah. No, this has got underpants on, right? <laughs> Did put those on before. God, that tiny little fucking ponytail. Where did you get my DVD so I can read that? Jeffrey Allen something. His name is Jeff Stinson. Is it Jeff? It's Jeff. Jeff Stinson? Jeff Stinson? Jeffrey Allen Stinson. What's the doctor's name? Do you remember? John. John. I thought it's, it's John. It's, it's John and Diane. There is a there's a scene coming up in a little bit where the camera's really weird and it's going around real estate man's desk and it zooms at remember it zooms on that piece of paper? I think it says Dr. John something or other. Like he has his name is the Dr. John something or other. I think John's a psychopath. Yeah? Why are you yeah. like that? Because he's got like multiple personalities. Like he's super kind and loving one second and medically detached, <laughs> you know, the next. Here he's just this fucking like condescending prick. You in some kind of trouble? <laughs> yeah, all these characters are fantastic. <laughs> John's definitely my least favorite. I, th I think they should have killed. I think John should have died, and Eddie should have. I think Eddie should have been with um, Diane, and John should have been um, with Jeanette or something. And have yeah, John, John definitely Devil. seems like type of cheat. Like, yeah, before Eddie. Exactly, and they could they could have had fucking amazing Eddie in the rest of the movie. Right. Eddie and, and his mustache. Eddie. Oh my god, that thing would have been amazing. Here's a scene right here that I'm talking about coming up after this movie. Oh god. I'll put a side, yeah, do that coke. As if there's not like something with a frame around or something like that. He's gotta like use that big ass mirror for That's a big mirror. I think the paper says Dr. John Palmer. It's something so that means, like that. So, I, so that means that real estate man has to set up John's murder and act like he's calling from the hospital so that they both leave and they can get him outside. These two hate each other. 
psychopath. <laughs> this is just such a random. Some of these conversations are just so random. It's a really random, uh, really random conversation. <laughs> like it's so mundane. Like. <laughs> You gotta get that character development, man. <laughs> so I will say that I I didn't mind listening to this whole conversation the first like five or ten times that I watched it, but I try to skip over this conversation when I watch <laughs> it now. Just because you can only hear the same things conversation so many times. I... Look at Carl and Jeanette. I think that um Oh, they definitely like had like hooked up in the past, or yeah. like he he's he's. I think he slammed Jenna in the in the drive-through because she hits him. She. Well, she's a uh, she's meant to be like really promiscuous because as soon as um old Bourne comes on the scene, like she's already forgotten about Eddie. Yeah, but she's been with Eddie for five years, and she hasn't uh been a very faithful lady. I already know. Kind of you to think that. <laughs> yeah, he he's overly familiar with her, and he like thinks that like he's allowed to like. So maybe this is something I just don't know about ski resorts. Look at all the red and blue. This red and blue are common colors. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. common. I mean, I know that they're definitely using the red and blue in in those scenes, but is there really that much red and blue? Here's <laughs> on an the, on the... scene. Yeah. They show real estate man with only um with only one of his legs in the scene too. So he's imagining this having both legs. Which so is how is he imagining having sex with this woman that he's never seen before? He's seen he's been stalking them for four years. So playing this murder, he's seen all of them. See, I don't believe that's true. I think that again, this is Nope. I can't 100 percent explain why, but this is right. Jeff. No, right, but that—that's. But I think it's key, Frank. Like, why is Jeff? Um, is he now psychologically because he's putting himself in the role almost like of Alex, like in this fantasy, who's more successful and like more capable and social? Like, is it? But why is he having sex with her? So here's the thing, and not Trina. Alex is not more successful or more capable because Alex is a failure in his father's eyes, which Jeff was a failure in his mother's eyes. So Jeff is imagining this guy that's like his ultimate like sycophant, basically. Why do you think that Jeff was a failure in his mother's eyes? They say his it. His they say it during the... and, um... Just so you know, that's the second mm-hmm. snow globe, and and the snow globe like definitely fits into both of your theories, actually. One being trapped for Orion, and the other one is like this kind of like fictitious, like little like here's, world that's been Jeff, created. And here's Jeff Ghost haunting him in the mirror right here. It's been haunting him for years. Again, I think it's Jeff just imagining all this shit. I know. Al- said that Alex, quite a few times. Alex is a real person. You know, you see Alex in the bar, so it's somebody that that Jeff knew.
I'm gonna have this song play at my funeral. <laughs> I got you. When I eulogize you, I want this. It'll be in the background. This is the best. This is the best music in the uh, movie right here. It's it's gonna be really funny because um you're gonna have all this ambient sound um in it because I don't know if you're gonna be able to get the song so, <laughs> outside of this without, movie. So it's gonna have her like so the, uh, like you go before there. if you go before me, it's like <laughs> if I gotta like loop this shit like <laughs> <laughs> that's dude that would be even better if it has sound effects from ice. It's it? gonna be you're gonna be hearing that wine glass sit down like. That's that's fine. Listen to that lynch. Yeah. Oh, it's the wind blowing stuff. Yeah, yeah and wind through the trees. Oh. That's such a great shot. This <laughs> fucking space spaceman. <laughs> <laughs> I am from the planet something. Smurgalades. Is there a reason to focus on like the boots so much? Is there something else like later that What yeah. about the boots, did you say? Yeah, I'm not sure like what that is. It feels like there was a specific focus on the boots when on that pan panning shot up. There's a few boot shots in this one. I'm not really at this trying to compare those boots to boots later on. Like that he's yeah. Like the Jeff Killer? Yeah. Thing. I just had a secret watch of it earlier today, and it feels like those gray boots, like, or something that I remember later in this movie. <laughs> secret watch. Yeah, those boots are probably the ones where they do that, that pivot and turn. That's the best pivot and turn boot shot ever. Look at this pan down to like shoot the knife. That's gonna uh -huh. I know. kill. It's gonna kill Corey. That's what uh -huh. happens. Just wound Corey, right? No, he's dead. I'll explain it. <laughs> Such a fucking asshole. Yeah, he does not like this guy. Mm -mm. Well, you can already see Jeanette like like all over there, close to him. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't like him because um, Jeanette's all up on him and not on him. Mm -hmm. That is so. Hey, what's up, guys? Her overreaction there is also one of my favorite things. Like, we're just like, will you guys just please like help me out? Like, like, yeah. Like, all they yeah. ask is, what are you? All they ask is, what are you doing? And she's just like, yeah, just. She's like, I know you know what I'm doing. Just right. like, please help me. <laughs> This is the only cheers um, that I'll accept in the movie. 
because cheersings and movies are usually a uh, big pet peeve of mine. So whose blue vehicle was that? The back. That's of? the that's the jeep they drove up in. Is it okay? Yeah. Corey and Jeanette and uh, okay. Trina. Yeah. I like how everyone's in the same exact room here, and uh, they're just like either listening to this or they're like snuggling close and still like listening to this uh, mess that's happening down here. Dude, I, I, I think the thing that always gets me with the scene is like besides being a murderer, apparently, like Alex is like the most like forward, like progressive dude in the world, like like recognizing his privilege and asking consent for everything again this yep. is like 88 like that's yeah that's yeah that's another reason why i, I kind of i switched my view as from him not being a real estate man at all to actually being a real estate man and actually being what he says he is on the movie Whoa, where are your hands going there? So he's imagining her with his real legs to on, with that happening. Right. Just pointing it out. Right. Maybe he thinks that if he imagines it like this without that leg, then she'll like not be as into it. Here's my favorite scene in the whole movie. All this dialogue's performed perfectly. So I guess this sort of supports your supernatural claim too, Orion. If there's like hauntings going on that Yep, who made the phone call? Yeah, that's that's what I've the, that's the one thing I can't like There's no one that there's no one left. Unless there's again part, it's all completely fictitious. And then, sure. There's a part coming up where Alex says what does he say? He says, um, I'll show you in a second. <laughs> oh, that's a great shot. Oh, that's so great. A real estate man says, God, that, that I don't little understand. Skinny tie. 
Das kann ich sagen. Ja. <laughs> Look at this slight smile on Alex Bourne. You know what? Fucking uh, John. John looks like um, what's his face that just played Dahmer. Mm, um, yes. as Dahmer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Fucking John Dahmer up in here. Devin Peters. Yeah. <clears throat> And Jeanette's so hot. Jeanette's unhinged. She doesn't, she's just in a bad marriage and just got a phone call from her husband saying that he's basically dead. Her and Eddie are married, are they? Are yeah. they just together? They're just boyfriend yeah, they're and just... girlfriend for five off, years. Off and on for five years. Gotcha. So why do you think Jeff Real estate man, or why I keep saying Jeff? Why do you think real estate man asked you that? Ask what? Why does he ask her how did he die? Because Jeff, he knows how Jeff died. He sent him up there to his death. Well, according to your, wow. your kayfabe. <laughs> My kayfabe is true. <laughs> I mean, obviously he would ask because he doesn't know and he's having like, a, like he had a premonition like or whatever. He I said, think he asked. I think he asked either to like make himself appear to not be a threat to them, or he yes. asked them. He, it's or, to sell the story. Yeah. Or he wanted to uh, just hear it from someone else that it wasn't his fault that Jeff died. Mm. You're leading me with that question. <laughs> <laughs> it fear. It really feels like it could be Eddie Style though. From everything I've seen of Eddie to be a practical joker. Oh yeah. Yeah, he seems to like a joke. So when she says the family, you think it's like her family or like the mental asylum family? Oh, it's his family family. <laughs> <laughs> I love how she just like yells at it and it just goes back into like her natural tone of voice, like It's a little bit of Diane's fault. It's really not Diane's fault. It's a Diane brought her there. It's a little bit. Diane, Diane, Diane tried to push like this, like crazy guy on Trina. He was like glass throw. <laughs> oh, I love that shit. <laughs> I think Diane is my favorite in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I like Diane a lot. Well, here's another foreshadowing. Mm. Who's making this phone call right here? Real estate man? He's in the back yeah. of the car. He's in the back of the car right now. Waiting. He's got his giant 1988 mobile phone. Because <laughs> he's a real estate mogul. He hides it in his leg. <laughs> <laughs> what is that crazy twist I didn't think of? He might. <laughs> because they, they're getting ready to kick the bucket like like two minutes from here. Look at that peeking. <laughs> it's not two minutes. Uh. 
these pests too when they leave out the front door in a minute. See, I think there's a lot of time passing uh, uh, in a lot of these scenes that just like isn't being acknowledged in any way. I don't know. He, I think it's funny how he he comes out here and he's like really mad because it seems like he's just always fine about helping the kids and stuff. Right, baby doc. Because that's all. That's all fake. Yeah. Yeah, baby doc. Frank, get out of here. No, 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 no. I'm not saying in my my theory. I just mean from a character point of view that he has this facade of being this oh, like this great caring yeah. uh-huh. humanitarian, but in reality he's medically detached and a fucking asshole to his right. wife. Yes, but it's partially her fault too because she hides all that shit and pretends like they have this happy marriage. Yeah, where is this hospital he has to drive to and then he's going to drive back or something? He has to do a C-section or something? This is diabetes kid, right? So here's a real estate man. Pulling from his leg. <laughs> that's such a great that's such a great death. Yeah, leaning back into it. That's the best. This whole, this whole scene's look at Jeff on the top of the Jeep, by the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like... Her screams are great too. This whole scene's amazing. <laughs> I know. I now here's where you start getting like some of this like to me like supernatural yep. shit. So he he ran up there with his fake ass leg and he Right. I guess ran up the snowbank kill thing and got well. It's, the... it's well. Okay, so he grabs this, and then it's like the next shot. He's like up on the fucking roof, right? Jumping down from the roof, right? Like uh... with his fake leg, and he lifts her up with one hand, right? And uh, yeah, it's like he Michael Myers or yeah, like yeah, he does Michael Myers or yeah. That's Jeff man giving him superpowers. <laughs> This fucking and I asshole. A, after this movie, Dave, I have a really good question for you guys about the very end. Oh, I got an answer for you. <laughs> Jeff imagined it. No, that's not it. No. <laughs> Look. Carl said it himself. I mean, uh, yeah, Carl. Carl. Oh, it's just a lot. It's just a line to try to fuck her. <laughs> like, because Carl's a sexual predator. Yes. She just noticed that he says, like, you know, to make the blood, whatever. She tries to dodge the subject again. It's because they did have a relationship previously. Like, yeah, well, I think yeah, I I think she cheated on Carl or on Eddie with Carl. Yeah, to get back at Eddie for cheating on her with somebody else. Yeah, and that's why like he turns into a rapist here, because he thinks he has like some kind of ownership over.
So here he's violently assaulting her. And in like 30 seconds, she's going to be naked in the hot tub. Dude, I, I shouldn't laugh at the, uh, at the, at the attempted rape, but, um, the fucking vampire move that he does where, yeah. he, where, he, where he pulls, <laughs> pulls the head back and like goes towards the neck is, is hilarious. He did try to vampire her. Mm-hmm. I got a question for you as guys as well. So after these people are killed, some of the bodies have been moved afterwards. Like they're like, he's like, they've been set up to look more. So Diane kills, is killed by the icicle under the cabin but then later on you see her in the front seat of the car right right in this scene Corey, Corey's going to come out and get killed in the bear traps out in the woods but you see him later next to the cabin and trina gets the ki- the keys out of his pocket the only body that's not moved is john's body right well that was too per- well that was too perfect of a kill <laughs> Look at this and um fucking So from my perspective, you have to think, is this really is this the Jeff Ghost coming up here or is this real estate man with Jeff Ghost superpowers? See, I don't think it's possible to be real estate man. Why not? He was just out there. So here's here's another thing that makes no sense. Person in the blue coat is planning the bear traps, obviously during day. But now Jeanette is, or whatever her name is, is outside. Yes, yeah, you're right. In the hot tub in the middle of the night. They could have done that earlier in the day. Nah, see that there, there's no change of chronology. This is all happening in order. So they just, you know what? I'll tell you what. Snow is really bright at nighttime. Maybe it just yeah. looked like it was the daytime. No, that was definitely daytime. There's been plenty of nighttime snow. See, and that's one of those things I just think is the filming. Imagine that's super hot. So Jeanette dies here, right? She kind of sinks below the surface, but her body is repositioned as well. Right. That you see later where she's like draped over the edge. Well, he's trying to make a show of it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. Yes. <laughs> that's nasty. That's also foreshadowing the end. So keep that in mind. Right. Snowman, skull. <clears throat> There's that lighting again with the smoke. That's a cool Fucking sound, too. Carl's Coke fueled fantasies. Huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to get that gun out of his boot. Carl's such a fucking tool. Yeah, you really know that, like, if you met Carl, you would just hate, like, everything yes. about him. Ponytail, skinny tie, <laughs> cowboy boots. Keep his gun, his fucking six shooter, and his fucking cowboy boot. It's not even a ponytail, it's a fucking rat tail. Yeah. It is like a rat tail. Yeah. Yeah. So, from my perspective, do you think this is Jeff's ghost or not? Waving this lantern. I think it's meant to look like Jeff's ghost. Luring um luring Carl out to his yeah. demise. Yeah, luring him way out there, but then his body is not way out there later. 
I think that that is possibly a real Jeff Goose sighting. But it was not planted there by Jeff's Goose earlier, planted there by Real Estate Man with Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jeff Mood, Jeff Powers. Yeah, this lighting stuff, man, like, I, I think it's just when they could film what they had available to them. <laughs> so here's something important too wasn't to she oh i'm sorry will you go ahead and tell me the important thing let's get your seat in a second let me cut back to Corey. wasn't trina sleeping on that side of the bed like in the previous scene where they showed her sleeping yeah I and Corey so. wasn't in the bed right yeah see look at this Carl has been attacked off screen because right. he just, yeah. So yeah, sure. some kind of Jeff Goose thing happened there, but we didn't see it. This is some really lynchy like sounds when you listen to this. And it's awesome that he like stubs his two right here. There's all kind of, all there's a of lot of ambient there. static in the background. Yeah, I can hear it. It really does have that like hollow lynch sound. Now the snowman's inside. <laughs> so this scene is pretty funny. Like he's eating this eat this cherry pie, right? And then he, like, gets stabs and squeezes it. But the killer comes right at him from right in front of him, and he never sees him at all until, like, the last second. I think that's some uh, some kind of Jeff superpowers going on. That the real estate man's doing it, but Jeff's got some superpowers going into him when he, like, cause he, doesn't, he doesn't even notice it when it happens in the second. God, that pie looks good. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I would definitely eat some of that pie right now. I would eat that cherry pie. Some Bob Ross painting out there. I do like that sound, right? The, like the sound and the transition yeah, it's, there. That... It's really good, the uh, ambient sound. Yeah. I want to record that. And put it in my, some of my videos. Yeah, yeah there. Mm -hmm. Oh, the power's out. Look at her, just keep trying. Like it's it's there's light in there. It's like there's light coming in the from front. the windows. Like I mean, you've literally just had an establishing shot showing that it's day daytime. daytime, right? And who went up and made Carl's bed? That's another question. Carl must have made it 
Last after the last time he's slept in it. It's all incongruous because none of it's real. Then <laughs> <laughs> he lifts his girl. Why is he imagining her in underwear all the time? Because he loves her. He wants to see her, but she's not naked. I don't know about this. Like, would she, would she like rise up like in the water? I think it's meant to make you think that she's frozen to the side of that. Mm. Yeah. This is some fantastic to, music here. To Orion's point, she's been repositioned by either Jeff's ghost or real estate man, however you want to right, look at yeah. it. And he's been wounded for how many hours, like, laying there? At least a few, right? Because it's right. the middle of the night to mm-hmm. early morning. Yeah. But he's only got stabbed through the shoulder. It's not like that's a... Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know if you're, like, at a, like, severe risk of bleeding out, like, from the, that wound. Cause he I, love how she's, I love how she just puts on a jacket, but it's right. like... <laughs> That's yeah. like a thing to make them, like the women are running, running around with the underwear, like make them seem vulnerable. Was that right? Sure. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's trope. I mean. Yeah. So Diane's body has been put in the front seat. So here's right. a good question, though. That Jeep is parked where the Jeeps have switched places. And their Jeep was in the driveway, right? Like was pulled up to the house. No, their Jeep I thought was out front too. Yeah, but in the other opposite side. The Jeep that um, Corey and Trina and Jeanette drove up in was the front facing Jeep. And the doctor's and his wife's, John and Diane's Jeep, was the back facing Jeep. And now they've switched places. Oh, but nobody ever went anywhere. <laughs> so here's where. Corey's body has been switched or not or it's been pulled out of the woods and put near the thing. Right. After being after being mutilated and and still has bear trap stuff on his right. Feet. Right. I have a big I, question that's gonna be coming up here in a couple of scenes. Conveniently so still holding his gun. Yeah. I mean it's frozen. There's some stuff. So he's got blue. Things suddenly on his he had it yeah for that jack that specific yeah she got blue underneath yeah she got the, her shirts you don't see until it's like she's outside but it's like it's really blue it's like that bright blue of the ski outfit my question would be was it just that maybe things changed and they had to film scenes and that actors didn't have their original clothing which is why there's so many different like costume changes. I think it's possible. Just from like a production standpoint. Sure, sure. Yeah. Here's my question. So she I think there back into the errors on this too. Yeah. Who's the one that made these um who made this new prints on the ground here? Because real estate man hasn't come yet. He's still in bed. Everyone else is dead. The only person that could have made these tracks is like the a spiritual like Jeff Goost. Right. Unless there was a second killer that you're not aware of. Mm. Maybe it's Chef's mom. <laughs> Family want a revenge, right? Family will avenge his death. Um, 
And it's the only two possibilities if there is something supernatural that's going on. Like, if you're taking straight, like, something supernatural has to be going on or there has to be a second killer. Some hot top notch acting from Alex Bourne here coming up. First ring. <laughs> it's like the calmest, like, <laughs> right. They've all been murdered. Oh my God, calm down. Yeah. Stay calm. So, okay. not too long after that, you see I don't think... some Jack Ghost in the woods. There's another extra, Ryan. Hold on. Here's that fucking haziness again. Um, Okay, so we've talked about this, and then it cuts to him, right? Right. Look, when it cuts back in, look, she's falling asleep. Jeff's ghost doing it, man. No, she's like nodding off because she's been sitting there for so long. A lot of time has passed. Like at least like what? She just woke up out of bed, got her flashlight. She's still still drowsy from the morning. She's like drowsy because she's been sitting in that position for so long, and she's like all of her adrenaline's leaving her from all this bullshit. Like, I think she's been there for at least like 15, 20 minutes. Look, now she's like asleep. Like, I think Jeff, Jeff, Jeff's ghost did it, dude. Because she was just, she just, I, I think, that, I think, I, I, no, I mean, I think that it's supposed to signify time passage, is what it's supposed to signify. Look at this dude that's trying to like pull himself up finally after five hours. Uh, I can feel the knife pulled. Look, and now he's pulling the knife out. <laughs> Couldn't pull the knife out hours ago. He saw Jeff um, coming, man. He had to do something. See, before this happens, I'm going to explain to you what I think happens here. I think that Corey dies at the top of the steps. And then everything after that is Trina in a mental hospital. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I buy that. I'll, I'll explain it as goes. I'm curious to hear. Yeah. Look at the scissor stab position. Is the worst. That's the worst handle. <laughs> yeah. This is Alex talking because he's just obviously coming up the steps. Right. The close shot. The close face. <clears throat> Fucking Corey. Corey slow crawling. slow crawl across the shag. That's a that's a garbage pill kid for crawling Corey. <laughs> <laughs> oh look at this shiny shit. Yeah. <laughs> fail fail because you got bad positioning on those scissors yeah so that's exactly doing. what it was he's also wearing them thick ass ski gloves she's probably probably got like cuts on her fucking hand or fingers the way she was holding them why are you still 
Why you still got your hand around the? She <laughs> <laughs> got bad technique. It's terrible technique. There's those boots. <laughs> Get him, Corey. <laughs> I do love this set sequence. You and him to thank for this leg. Oh, it's a fake leg. <laughs> He went up there to save him because that's he knew where he was going to be up there because that's where he sent him. See the Alps, brother. I mean, the red one making him antagonist too, like symbolically. Yeah. So, how do you think real estate man falls off the thing here? What do you think, Jeff Ghost did it? Jeff Ghost, Jeff Ghost did it, dude. He appeared in like this some kind of force thing on him. That twisted leg is hilarious, also. Yeah, it's really yeah, funny. That, that twist is funny. <laughs> the party's over. Party's over. In so many ways. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking double whammy, man! Triple whammy, like like I fall out of his leg. Like, like I think Corey the dies. Fucking, after the window, that shot. the gunshot, the cord. Like he falls just like Jeff did. I think Corey died at the top of the steps, and I think Trina is in the it's crazy and like imagining this other five years later. Yes. Yes. Um, and um, she's like probably in a mental hospital that Jeff was in or something. And so she's, well, imagining, she's... she's imagining her with him and they had to place a cabin in Snow Peak or wherever. Like they would want to do that after all this trauma. Right. Well, every, everybody's wearing the blue. Oh, yeah. Um, blue on? Yeah. There's well, no way this the boy's got blue and red, but it's like, uh, it's mostly blue. Yeah, I guess he says black, but yeah, they're all, all the kids are blue and she's blue. Corey's sweater's hot. I would wear that. <laughs> and here's the snowman that's witnessed all these deaths. <laughs> so I think the snowman is. So she's just imagining this in the hospital, but this is like symbol symbolic of Jeff still haunting her, like after all these years in her I mean, dreams and wherever else. Sure, that's how that's how you would take it. Like if like. But she's trying to have a happy ending and Jeff's still there. It's such a weird shot of her. She looks so weird in that shot. Now, is that actually looks like Jeff. That's what I'm saying. That doesn't look like Alex. Maybe I just think it's Jeff. a typical like thing that they tacked on at the end that's like a common horror movie trope of like the person coming back or whatever. 
Um, Maybe. I personally, I think that it's supposed to be that even with all like, I just think there's like no answer to a lot of these things, and I think Alex is supposed to be the killer and. There's just a lot of like continuity errors and stuff like that. Who's your continuity person on this? <laughs> you don't be no continuity person. The continuity script supervisor. Manager. There you go. Hurrah! Hurrah, Thompson. Where's where's his email? <laughs> Hold on. Anybody else here? That's best boy. What's the best boy? That's you, Orion. <laughs> <laughs> Film the tape transfer. We get to find him. Get the uh, DVD. I wonder if Bart's catering still exists. I'm hungry. <laughs> Pretty hungry myself. All right. So, Orion kind of just again summarized like what what now that we've watched it all together like Jeff's go like because it's much more complex than I thought. So let me see if I got it. You're saying that all the stuff in the beginning is all real. They're making fun of him. He's upset. He runs into real estate man, real estate guy, real estate guy goes ahead and convinces him to win the girl by going up and skiing at night to show that he's a great skier. Yes. He accidentally dies during that. And then his ghost immediately starts haunting real estate guy breaking like ruining his like making him lose his leg and yes. then haunts him enough through five years so that he goes and plans the murder of all those people that were making fun of him yes and then at the end that's uh and then he that drives trina insane and yeah at the end Corey dies at the top of the steps with that shot where he collapses right and then and then real estate man falls out the window and lands just like Jeff does. And then everything else after that is Trina. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you asked me that because I'm going to read you the back. I sent you guys a picture of the back of the VHS tape and neither of you responded to me, assholes. I don't remember saying that. Yeah, I don't remember this. Because I was going to buy it on uh, eBay and I, I ended up not doing it yet. But the back of the VHS tape says, like there's like a near the end of the paragraph, it says, I'm gonna. This is a quote. The seven friends will soon be six, then five, stalked by a sadistic hunter with a twisted mind. Only one of them will survive. Trina survives. Corey dies. She's in the hospital. The snowman's all in her mind, and Jeff's still haunting her in her memories. That's the theory at the end for me. Okay. So I'm reading the back of the box now. I'm looking at this picture. This is some bullshit description. All these things were bullshit descriptions. But when Jeff careens off the mountain and is impaled on the rocks below, his gruesome death shatters the circle of friends. None of those things is true. So what does that say he, about your theory? I think it I think it completely supports my theory. <laughs> that Jeff died and he's imagining all this shit because they all like years go by in the nightmare fades. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I can see early on where you're coming from. And a lot of it's the lighting and stuff to me and following like movie tropes. I can see where you definitely think that it's like all fantasy and I can see where, but it's like, 
I don't like it. I don't like the theory. Only if like the rest of the movie is fantasy, there's not a less not not enough depth for me. If it's fantasy, like not enough, like of like you know what's the psychological way that like Jeff would think of these people, um, and it's really cheap if that's the case because it allows you to get away with all these like continuity errors and all these other like oddities, the, these questions raised, and it's like oh it was all just a dream. Um, which kind of hurts the movie for me if that's the case. Um, let me let let me say this though, like Jeff is conflicted the entire time, and I don't even mean it's just to support my theory. Like, even if you look at it from Orion's perspective of the Jeff ghost, mm-hmm. like he's, I mean, I guess he's saving her for last, but like his perspective of them it, like shifts as to how he views them. I think. Like, he's not always viewing them all as, like, complete bad guys. Even, like, Corey, who he, you know, views as his rival. I think that there's a lot of conflict there about how he looks at them. So, from my perspective, like, just... Jeff isn't necessarily a bad guy. He's just a guy with, like, some mental health issues. And doesn't really know how to, like, reconcile himself with, like, this group of people that he considers his friends. Even though I guess they're not really the only person that's really his friend is Diane. Diane that he grew up with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and she was like trying to like help him out. Yeah, um, Eddie. I, I still think Eddie was trying to be, even though he makes fun of him. I still think Eddie was trying to be nice to him. That's just his way, you know. He's just yeah. kind of that smart he, ass. He's actually nice to him in the hallway. He's like, he's like, hey, come just he like is, hang out yeah. with me, like and like have yeah, a beer, like calm down, man, like, um. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, I think that was kind of, like, it was just him being, like, a dick, kind of, Jeff, like, is what, like, led to them, kind of, especially Corey treating him the way he did, and Trina being, like, kind of, like, eh, with him. Because Jeff's a pretty big dick. Right, Jeff is a colossal asshole. <laughs> oh. He's an asshole, but I still feel sorry for him in a few different areas. I mean, you really have to be, like, a prick to have, like, murder fantasies, you know, about (laughs) people that have done you wrong. Yeah, I still buy into the idea that's a fantasy. The sex scene is a fantasy, no matter what the theory is. Like, I buy that that anymore, like, watching it yet again. I buy that's a fantasy. I don't think that scene's actually happening. They could be having sex, but what you're seeing on the screen is not them actually having sex. I think it's definitely Jeff imagining it. Um, like them having sex, like before he like dies or whatever, maybe dies. Um, because I think you can make the argument that Jeff doesn't really die and is like working in concert, possibly with um Alex, and that's why there's like, if if he's still alive, then it answers a lot of things. If there's two of them working together. Mm. And that's really so Jeff is. like faked his own death. Yeah. Well, Jeff and is Ale- definitely and Alex helped him. Jeff is definitely not dead when he rolls off those rocks. Right. Right. Like he's clearly like alive enough to be able to like push himself off the rocks and like fall on his back. Mm-hmm. And I think that the zoom on his face is illustrating that to me. And again, this is a theory that I've constructed just by watching this movie so many times and looking for a theory that zooming on his face is showing that we're going into his mind. Like anytime that happens with somebody, I think it's like 
showing that we're like about to see what their thoughts are or it's like filmmaking 101 kind of i mean as a way to show that something is a fantasy or you know in their mind or something they're thinking what scene are you talking about where it zooms in on his mind it's it happens three times in between when he's getting dressed to go out to the ski slopes after the fight with trina and um cory so it happens subtly like when he puts on the mask it starts to zoom in when he's like putting the mask and the goggles on and then it cuts to the like beginning of the sex scene it does it again like even more like pronounced like into his face and then when he rolls off the rocks the camera starts to zoom slowly in like into his head like where it's like it it doesn't happen for very long it's not like a like a rack zoom or whatever like right into his face but it's enough where like shrinks the shot so that it's more focused on his head and i think that's him that's where i started to develop the idea that it's all in his mind basically like either maybe not maybe he's not dying there maybe he's just like really injured and like imagining that shit because he's like drunk and hurt or whatever but i think it's definitely all in jeff's mind i don't think any of that stuff actually happens after that point yeah, I just think to intersplice those two scenes together, like the sex scene and him struggling like to get up the hill. And I, I'm I have it going on like really fast speed right now, like as I'm like rewatching <laughs> it, and um, like all of that stuff is like the zooms in on his head for the actually the first time, like when he's at the top of the hill is when you get that zoom, and it's like them in like mid coitus, um. <clears throat> by that point but all that struggle of him up the hill and being interspliced with the the sex is all him thinking and then you get another really like after more sex you get a real extreme close-up like right into his goggles um and that's where they're like changing position then he goes down the hill and more sex scenes even more this that's the ridiculous chair sex scene um (laughs) and then um yeah <clears throat> come on just die already jeff <laughs> that's really funny to watch in fast, in fast forward actually <laughs> um well, I'm, gonna, that, I'm gonna do it it's actually like a zoom away now? it's a, it's a zoom away actually frank when he dies oh it's it close a... up on his head and but a, and, a, and a zoom out um <clears throat> and then it cuts to black and then it's four years later. Um, I knew it was four years later. Every, everything online says five years later. Because um, it's five years later after right, right. Alex's death to Bleeding Snowman. It's enough time for them to have two twins that are able to like run around in the snow by themselves. Right. Two twins? Yeah. Or I, I assume or they're twins because it's two kids. There's one kid. There's no, two. it's two kids, buddy. There's two kids, man. There's a boy and a girl. It's got to watch the end again. Perfect family, man. Hold on. I'm going to fast forward this thing to the end. Like, we literally just watched it. And it was two right. children. It's two children. I've only ever seen one kid at the end. What? What kind of Mandela effect are you trying to get? The kid walks up to the screen. Yeah. There's a kid there. With the blue hat of the red things. He pulls mom up to the snowman. Oh, there is another kid there. Yeah. 
It's a boy and a girl. There's mm-hmm. there's a, there's boys in the hat, and then the girls like in in the um white hat. I don't. I guess I don't. I don't like kids, so I guess it just kind of went over my head there. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> anything anybody else wants to say about this movie? Because I mean, we do have like a like a conclusion somehow to to this episode that I was never expecting. Right. I do want to I'm, say something. Yeah. Go ahead. So for a while there, I had a theory that real estate man was not a real estate man at all, and it, and I started calling him fake real estate man to uh-huh. myself. And so my theory was that Alex Bourne was not a real estate man at all. He was just one of Jeff's friends from the mental hospital mm. that he ran into at the ski at the yeah. uh, at the bar because mm-hmm. he says they go way back at the end, and so they just happen to see each other at the resort. And so I had a theory that they were both like terrible skiers and cause he, he rolled down the hill and had like broke his leg. Like that's like not something that would happen to like a world-class athlete. Right. And then I think he could have, you could have imagined all the scenes of him being a real estate man. Like there's the scene with the secretary that's creative, that's ridiculous and it's bad acting on purpose because it's not real. Mm-hmm. And she's wearing all blue and it's symbolic of him like, talking to Jeff and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And all the houses that real estate man in was in, like that was supposed to be his house. Like maybe he he killed the people that lived there and he was just like, he was, uh he had planned the whole thing, but he was just like living in their house while the corpses were like in another room or something. <laughs> yeah. And what else do I have here? And he'd been like, yeah. He'd just been saving up five, or what was it? He was just like saving up four years worth of money to like try to rent them a cabin at Snow Peak and try to get them back up there to revenge Jeff's death or something. And I had that theory going for a while, but after watching it like 20 more times, I, just, <laughs> I think that uh, I think he really is a real estate man and he was a world class skier. It was just that Jeff, Jeff did his uh did a number on him at the at the end and made him go down the hill and stuff like that. That's another hey. if you want to get really crazy, you can you can make up all kinds of theories as like we've done. And there's Yeah, I mean I thought that's the thing I find interesting about this movie, honestly, is I think that you could develop a whole lot of theories about it. And I I don't know. I just don't know if you have enough information ultimately to be able to like I think it's like you could go so many different ways with it. Um, that it's like impossible to develop a theory that like definitely fits everything. Um, and that's why I keep going back to the idea that it's like this is the reason why I love like the direct video and like lower budget filmmaking of like the eighties, especially because movies just lend themselves to so much interpretation. Like you know, if you can tell that the people that made this movie like genuinely wanted to make something i think good and entertaining mm-hmm. yeah. like it's not you know they try there's definitely. there's definitely an attempt for complexity and character and you know development of like backstory and mystery you know that lets all of us have our own theories about it and i right. i find that to be like really like the fact that it allows me to like use my imagination a little bit and try and figure out like more nuance or maybe that there was not even any nuance intended in the first place. Like that makes it a fun movie to watch. So, 
right. So you want me you, you want me to get into my surprise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah. So earlier today, um I was thinking about this movie and I started like looking into the principles like behind it. Um and I looked up uh, uh Jeffrey uh, Quitney, who was the director of the movie. Because, um, again, I'm a really big fan of Beyond the Door 3, but I had, had never seen anything else he had done. So he has a website, and on his website, he has a Gmail email account um, where he says, you know, if you want to contact us directly, like, email here. So I sent him an email um, this afternoon basically saying that I was introduced to this movie by my friend um, who's really, like, a big fan of it, who's watched it a lot of times. He's kind of gotten me to watch it a lot of times. You know, we do a podcast where we talk about movies and we're going to do kind of a deep dive into your movie tonight. Um, and basically, like, let him know, like, what the podcast name was and just sort of told him how much we appreciate this movie and how much I like Beyond the Door 3. Um, thanking him for reading the email. So literally, like, two minutes after we got on this podcast tonight, I received a reply from Mr. Uh, Quitney. Um, and he said, what a great email. Thank you for your kind words. Of course, I'll listen to your podcast and I'll alert my friends as well. Good luck with it. And then he says, by the way, if you have questions about the making of the film, let me know. So I think we need to put together a list of like whatever questions we have and I'll respond to his email and we'll see if we can get some feedback from him and then do kind of a follow up to it. Um, just with some insight into the making of the film. Because, again, from like a filmmaking perspective, I think it's really fascinating, even if you take all of our theories out of it, like they obviously had to work under conditions that were not ideal. So they had to film like all the time. And I think it's just a lot of effort of like splicing together that to make a what ends up being a pretty cohesive movie out of like filming in day and night and, you know, I, constantly like I have so many questions outside. about this movie. Like, I just mean about the filmmaking of this movie. Like, I, I like, there's so many things I would be interested to know. Yeah. Like, beyond just theorizing about, like, what's going on in it and all those kind of things. And, and particularly because I do think there are some things that are questions about this movie and the narrative about it that are filmmaking things, potentially. Um, like, I have, a, I have a lot of questions, but there's also a lot of things that I really, like, dig about some of the stuff in this movie of, like, choices yeah. that I really want to know about. Like, just like so we were talking about, like, the skiing scene and stuff. Like, I'd really like to know how they pulled that off. Like, So I, I didn't bring it up when we were talking about it because I wanted to focus more on our idea of, like, actually yeah. figuring out the the plot and whatever like the backstory i believe they're using a lot of um i think they're called gobos is the technical term for it but where you use like sheets of thick material with holes cut in them and then you shine light to through them to create weird shadows on things mm -hmm. it's something that they didn't like night of the living dead but especially in the the basement room thing where they're coming out of the the house where um Diane gets killed in the snow several times when people come out there at night there's weird shadows and I think Ryan I think you pointed this out specifically like weird shadows that are like cast down like at that doorway sort of like underneath and also mm -hmm. when they're skiing um, there's a lot of repetition of the same areas but the shadows change and I don't think it's just the trees I think there's like some things technically that are done and I really find like that kind of stuff fascinating and I think it's pretty incredible to like have the opportunity to talk to somebody that, you know, has been in 
like worked in the industry both in film and television for a long time and is also a pretty accomplished author um but just like ask questions about you know what was it like to to make a movie like this like and what was the filming process like and yeah actually i when i looked him up last week desolation lake i think is the name of the book i i i went ahead and like ordered it just for the hell of it um, oh that's pretty awesome yeah so i was going to read that sometime in the next couple months yeah so anyway, just really gracious of him to respond so quickly, uh-huh. and I'm, yeah, I'm really excited yeah. that, you know, we're going to get the ability That's to, awesome. um, you know, to ask some questions and get some answers, and, you know, yeah, I think that's pretty fantastic. So It is. That's really, that's really nice of him um, for that. Yeah. I mean, Orion, you probably got, like, like, we'll have to pare it down. You probably got, like, <laughs> 800 questions, right? I already started writing some down. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> we're gonna have to order those things in terms of importance is not to like <laughs> make this man write a write write more novels <laughs> right it'll um, be a novel in the end right <laughs> the, the yeah the answers to your questions will be longer than the script um <laughs> the ultimate dream too would be to find a way to like hopefully i mean not that we're listened to by a huge amount of people but maybe at least spark some interest in getting this movie released on blu-ray and dvd yes that would be nice um i'm a really big proponent of the company vinegar syndrome who does a lot of low budget um basically like um cult film and indie film like um restoration and preservation um they do a fantastic job with packaging and i would love to see like a really nice like limited edition iced uh dvd come out so yeah i would buy it Sure. I would I would buy it as well. All right. I'll I'll tag vinegar syndrome and everything. Um because yeah, that would be nice like to be able to get this movie an actual release. It'd be nice to get a two pack of um Beyond the Door 3 and uh and this. I really do enjoy that movie. And if either of you have not watched it, I think you definitely should give it a watch. I want to I want to watch it now. I've Is that on YouTube? It it's definitely several places um i want to say it maybe is on tubi and shutter vinegar syndrome oh there we go let me see it's all premium subscription it says stuff right now um on youtube slang prime so it must be some kind of place that yeah so um vinegar syndrome already does beyond the door three okay they have a a really nice looking edition of it that looks like an amazing transfer. Nice. Is that the kind of stuff that's up on what's that? Does vinegar syndrome stuff go up on um They um they uh, pair with they partner with Arrow. Arrow, that's what I was just trying One to One of the reasons yeah. why I keep uh-huh. my Arrow subscription pretty right. consistent. Um sure. because they do a good job of like putting stuff up. Okay. So that's Actually, probably where it's at. It might be on Arrow. Let me see. But yeah, like if I we've I've hyped it before, but if you're if you're a fan of like cult and sort of like outsider like cinema, um, Arrow is a an incredible resource just for horror and sci-fi and just weird um, weird movies. Oh yeah, it's on there. It's on Arrow. Yeah. Okay. There is a. Um a non-restored copy on youtube not to take money away from anybody but um that i found 
but yeah, no, that'd be awesome. Like to try to like help with that. Um, so yeah, so I guess that means there's a follow up here at some point where yeah, I guess we'll so try your, together. Yeah, your your questions the next couple of days. Yeah. I'm gonna email them back tonight and just thank them and let them know that um, actually maybe once you post the link, I'll send them a link to it and then yeah. um, yeah, you know we'll uh, let them know we're gonna get back to them with some questions. But awesome. How do you feel about getting answers to the stuff that you've thought about for so long, Orion? I'm okay with it. I like my uh, I like my theories uh-huh. that I have in my head and my backstory. Yeah. But if the truth differs, then I'm okay with the truth. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where like, because Chris and I have kind of done this before with the um the Phantasm series. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. definitely have our theory about Life Aquatic. Yes. And even though both of those movies, like the creators, have kind of said things that go in opposition to our theories i like our theories better so i think that yeah. it, it doesn't take anything away from the movie i don't think to you know interpret it a different way like look at that crazy ass room 234 ship for the shining with like all those <laughs> different theories you know yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like great great films i think inspire people to imagine beyond like what's actually on the screen so that's right. yeah and i am I'm not sure how much I believe Coscarelli in some of the things that he said. Um, I, yeah, I'm up in the air on that with the Phantasm stuff. It's very definitive about Wes Anderson, but um, who knows? Um, but yeah, what we think about Life Aquatic is the, is the right answer to me. Hundred um, <laughs> percent. Um, it, it's not a good movie if it's not right. I think <laughs> Wes Anderson gonna make like Isle of Dogs two or whatever the hell. <laughs> uh all right any final thoughts on iced um i was gonna i was gonna end the podcast saying i'm never watching iced again but now i gotta watch iced more because there's no yeah, opportunity to like ask to, questions yeah i have to at least watch it to see the now there's a vehicle change i gotta watch the vehicle change <laughs> and something i gotta, still gotta figure out the snoop prints inside the cabin that's my last final theory that matches well yeah you gotta like you gotta make your questions theory. right like too like oh, oh gotta, you know what Ar- when, orion when you watch the snow prince scene again look take a look at this because i think i may have figured it out hmm? when she comes downstairs the first time to run outside to go and she's like ah oh, the keys and then like turns <laughs> around uh, yeah. look and see if they ever show the floor or if they just show it from like her thighs up because i'm trying i'm thinking now that like they might not show the floor and maybe those um snow prints are from when the killer came in to stab Corey. and it's just like she didn't realize it because she was so panicked and now she's like realizing that you know somebody well, else they, has been there i think they've i think they show the floor and there's no there's no prints there or something I'll watch it again. Of course. Yeah, I'm I'd gonna. be interested to, interested <laughs> to know that. Of course, I'm going to watch it again. I just want to say. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I think this is actually a really cool exercise that we might want to consider doing more often, where we just take like some small, you know, like movie that's not talked about very much and just kind of watch it and analyze it. And uh, it, was just, it was really fun to do that with this movie, like as a watch along. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. I'm um I am watching this right now just like with the snow prints. Um she per- she performs a ridiculous jump over the couch um to get to the door from the kitchen and they do not show the floor whatsoever. Mm. 
she she literally does a leap like she's like leaping over a fence like over the couch to the door in order not to show the floor it feels like it feels so like floor, it's purposeful the floor prints are from the jeff real estate man killer that goes in and stabs Corey. then maybe yeah but I that's think, hours I, beforehand like i mean like uh, like at that point like it's warm enough in that house with the door closed like mm-hmm. i've seen this happen you, you've all seen this happen like you mm-hmm. go outside and you end up pulling in like ice that sticks to like shag or like a like a rug or something like that and like yes it sticks to it but only for a short period of time it's warm enough in the house that it melts so those footprints if you're thinking about from a realistic were fresh yes the funny thing is they're not even just footprints they're like piles of snow they are i'm watching it right it's yeah it's it's, it's, it's not like, like it's not like a foot it's like a pile of snow that would be around a foot yes well, it's like if maybe, you stomped your it's you stomped your feet. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's what it he, is. He he didn't want to track snow any further than that, like vestibule. Maybe the spirit <laughs> right. of Jeff is just like constantly frozen. He's always iced, you know, so mm. he keeps it cold wherever he is. Hmm. Hey, like that around? Yeah. Maybe all of his footsteps that that outline is always just iced, iced over. That sounds sounds good to me. Makes those super thick icicles grow so he can stab Diane. <laughs> yeah, it was right. a really good time watching it. Yeah, so. no, yeah, it was. Uh, it's 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 always enjoyable to watch it, and um, you know, this is uh this is exciting that we'll be able to do a follow up um at some point, hopefully, yeah. by getting answers from um the, the, the fucking director of this movie. This is crazy. Um, good call, Frank. Um. Yeah. All right, so um, I guess so. I guess we'll just like call it like kind of like a like a timeout then until like hopefully we get like our questions together, get answers back, and then reconvene um, to unveil the answers. I think that's probably the best way to do yeah. it. Um, just have a discussion about it from like you know right using like yeah. that perspective. So yeah. All right. Well. Um, oh, thank you. Um, Thank you, one for like always, like you know, like like you're a big fan of the Spin Chagrin. Like you're like always, like you know, listen to it and like respond to us and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, thank you for um, you know, introducing uh, us to this movie and then um, you know, doing this tonight with us. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So. You're welcome. And it's funny to me that I know that Chris, when you watched this movie for the my top five 80s movies i was like what do you think about ice and you're like yeah i didn't get anything out of that movie right i'm telling you it's the idea that you had you, like i just saw it as this like i saw it as a slasher movie that had these like problematic things that were probably filmmaking things and i still hold the same opinion like yeah, it's yeah. like they, it has continuity errors it has all these things like in it is is what my thought but like you're like i said it's like infectious like you know like you having like all these like theories and questions and wanting to know the answers to them made me want to like go back and like watch it again the more i watched it like the more like i found that i enjoyed the movie and like you know mm-hmm. and um so yeah like i um i i'm <laughs> i'm very i'm somebody very much dismisses these type of movies i think sometimes fairly and sometimes unfairly and probably to sit there and say that the first time i watched it it was maybe unfair 
So. You know, Orion, in, in a lot of ways, you're really the ghost of Jeff to Chris's um, Alex <laughs> Bourne. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, I'm glad you, that, pos- um, you possessed him. <laughs> I did possess him. I'm going to make him watch the movie until he until he figures it out. Right. He's got an impossible, <laughs> impossible obsession with ice. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, um, but yeah, no, I was, uh, I'm glad to, have, um, you know, watch this so many times now, um, as that, as that seems, and I'm glad to have done this. Um, and I'm glad that we'll be able to like keep talking about ice and it's not like just like over now. Um, we, we have Me a reason too. to keep going. I'm ready for part two. All right. So we'll see you at part two. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Deuces.